You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. O God of all the earth, we humbly beseech your presence in this place. Extend to me your loving grace in this preaching moment. Give my mind recall. Stir my interior. Arrest the attention of those who listen. And it is our prayer that when this preaching moment is done, that you and you alone will be glorified. This is your servant's prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Good afternoon. It is a blessing to be here with you today in worship. And I've learned that this week has been one of indelible impact and insight. I am humbled by the opportunity to stand to proclaim the gospel of Christ in this holy week. Thank you, Ben, for your hospitality. Thank you, Cathedral, for receiving me. I do acknowledge and thank God for my friends, Pastor Greg Mars and Pastor Michael Foster, who have accompanied me in fellowship on this day. John 13, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, permit me to read the word of the Lord. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you shall have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you then know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Sweet to God. For about 18 minutes, I want to preach from the title, Learning Beyond the Tower. Learning Beyond the Tower. Towels teach us. In fact, in the most unlikely places and in the most unlikely times, towels have a way of instructing us. If you remember the Rocky series, Rocky Four, Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa's full-turned friend is in the ring with the distinct, towering, impressive Ivan Drago from Russia. It is an exhibition boxing match. Supposedly, they were to go light on one another. Somewhere within the latter rounds, Ivan Drago begins to really take it to Apollo Creed in a way that's brutal and punishing. Uh, Apollo Creed tells Rocky Balboa, his corner man, whatever you do, don't stop this fight. The next round, they enter the squared circle and Ivan Drago commences to pulverize Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa is holding a towel in his hand, a bloody towel, and he wants to throw in the towel, but he remembers his friend's word, and another cut man yells, throw in the towel, throw in the towel, throw in the towel, and then it's too late. A right cross puts Apollo Creed on the canvas where he would breathe his last breath. In this sense, the towel teaches us that if Rocky Balboa had only thrown in the towel, only lifted it up and thrown it in, Apollo Creed's life would have been spared. In the text today, Jesus has a towel in his hand and what he does with this towel teaches us and the lessons reverberate throughout history. This time that Jesus has teaches us that this Monday Thursday is more than just foot washing, more than just a meal with friends, but with this towel, he teaches us how to serve one another and live humbly in our relationships with one another. Jesus teaches us with a towel in his hands. Anything Jesus has in his hands is a lesson for us to listen. The dirt that he held in his hands 
as he rubbed it on the eyes of the blind man teaches us more than the fact that he is a healer. It teaches us that Jesus is the light of the world. The five loaves of fish, five loaves and two fish in his hands is about more than feeding hungry and famished multitude. It is to establish the fact that Jesus is the son of God and that he is Lord. The cords in his hands as he drove out the manipulators from the temple. It's more than driving crooks and thieves who are economically exploiting and spiritually manipulating those who have come. It is all about the lesson of establishing the sacredness of worship to our God. Nails in his hands. It's more about the excruciating, excruciating pain of a Roman execution. It is all about what he did for you and I to bring atonement for us and to reconcile us to a loving God. This text that I've read for your hearing is the Johannine foot washing pericope. Time will not permit me to deal with the controversy surrounding the time and date. As you know, as Bible readers, uh, John's account of uh, the Passover is different from the synoptics. I'm not here to wrestle with the particular details about when, if it was pre-Passover or did these events occur on the Passover. What I am here to do today is to teach us about the lesson beyond the tile. Jesus takes a tile in his hands and after the text says that he had loved those who God had given him to the end, he takes this tile, pours water in a basin, and he begins to wash their feet. Stunned and astonished, Peter could not uh, agree to such a humble task for his Lord. Jesus rebukes him and says, if I cannot wash your feet, you have no part with me. Peter consents. Then Jesus teaches the lesson of the tile. As I have done to you, so should you do to one another. But this tile teaches us more. It teaches us about the love language of God. God's love language is action. Action is the love language of God. In verse 1, he, it says he loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. In this gospel, the gospel of John, love is communicated in action. The word was made flesh. That's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us. That's real deep love. In chapter 11, it was his love for Lazarus that moved him to raise him from the dead. And in this text, Jesus communicates his love for his disciples by washing their feet. Jesus takes a towel to teach God's love language. This gesture, this gesture of love is counterculture. 
people don't express in this culture people didn't express love in this culture by these humble sacrificial and selfless actions this culture was full and filled with masterful orators they knew how to talk about love maybe even to define love but they did not know how to love like this this is a culture where love, where love for one's nation is often expressed through the waving of palm branches or a confession of loyalty to Caesar, but they have never known love like this. This action is so powerful and strong, it shakes them to their core, to the point of transformation. Peter does not understand it, but because of this love language, they will see things differently. They will see love differently. They will see each other differently. It is here that the love language of God is driven home firm, firmly and with resounding affirmation. Action, deeds, action is the love language of God. God in Christ demonstrates his unparalleled love towards us through actions that transform us and those around us. Christ's love for us is beyond mere rhetoric. John, 1 John 3 and 18 says, let us love not in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. God's love for us in Christ is a love that is expressed in truth and deeds. This, is what, this was not the first time he expresses love in deeds, in truth. Matthew 15 tells us that seeing that multitude famished and hungry, he had compassion on them, meaning he was moved in his inward parts. So, so he goes into action and he feeds them. Luke 7 shows us a woman bereft of her husband. Then on top of that, she loses her only child. The Bible says Jesus sees her and he has compassion toward her. He goes into action, raises her son from the dead. I'm married and my wife and I express our love for one another through what many of you know as the honey do list. Sometimes that list can be very long. Sometimes that list can be very demanding. It can demand a lot of our time, attention, but we express our love for one another through completing the honey do list. Jesus is in similar fashion does that for us. He has a honey-do list. He tells his disciples of the supper, the last supper, uh, do this as often as you do this. Do it in remembrance of me. He says to his disciples about this foot washing service, so as I have done it to you, you ought to do this for one another. Jesus' actions this love language is an action that requires some vulnerability on our part. Jesus takes off his outer garment. He ties a towel about his person 
and he begins to wash their feet. How are you expressing God's love language in your action? Does it call you to some sense of vulnerability? God's love language in action is an action that does not require something in return. How often in this world, in our culture, in our society, we will do if there is a guarantee that it will be done for us. But God's love for us, he, the Bible says he loved us before we loved him. God calls us to this agape love, this unconditional love. And God's love also is an action that demonstrates God's love for us. The Tao teaches us the love language of God. The Tao teaches us about the law of the lowly. The Tao also teaches us that this is a new way of leading. This is a new way of embracing human relationship. He says, do this to one another. What a world we would have if we led from the lowly posture. This is the difference between pulling and tugging and yanking. My son her holds a, a, state work, a state record in weightlifting. And one of the things I learned, my son, if taught us about lifting weights is the effectiveness of lifting weights depends on many times on how low you can go. If you don't go low enough, you begin to yank and pull and, and drag and you know sometimes leadership can be like that. When we don't lead from a lowly, humble posture, we begin to pull and tug and yank people and my son said you can get hurt like that. No wonder people in our churches are hurt. Could it be because leaders are not leading from the low but they are leading from on high. They are yanking and pulling but when we lead from a lowly posture, we begin to lift up, to lift. Jesus says in another time and place, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says to them, I am your example. How to take the tile to stoop low and to lead from this position. How better the race relations in our country would be, the gender relationships, the socioeconomic relationship, if we embrace this law of the lowly. But as I take my seat, the tile also teaches us that there is life after last place. We talk a lot about first place, the glory of being first. Kamala Harris is the first woman vice president 
the first African-American, the first Asian-American Vice President, Barack Hussein Obama was the first African-American President of the United States of America. One Katanji Brown Jackson, just a few days ago, was just confirmed to be the first Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. We talk a lot about first. Everybody wants to be first. No one wants to be last. But this is the last supper. And every now and then in our lives, you will be last. You will not always come in first place. But Jesus helps us with that. While being the first is, a, is an achievement to be lauded and applauded and celebrated, being last is not always doom and gloom. The Bible has a theology of lastness. Lastness is a sign that the old has passed away and the new is yet to be experienced. Lastness signals that the new is about to break through. Lastness opens up new opportunities, breakthroughs and horizons. And this is the last week of Jesus' historical ministry. This is the last supper. But no need to worry. Jesus says, I'll eat it again when it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The, Bible's, the Bible gives good news to the exploited, the discriminated against, the marginalized, the oppressed, the ostracized, the dispossessed, the disinherited by saying the first shall be last and the last shall be first. If there's good news today that God speaks to us intimately. Uh, strongly, God speaks to us tenderly. But guess what? The Bible says God in the former times talked to us through his prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Thank God that in this life, a world that is still reeling from a pandemic, there is still hope because the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I'm glad about this because later in that same chapter, Paul tells us that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Many times, last simply suggests that there is better glory to come. And oh, thank God, as we make our way towards Calvary and then the resurrection one day we shall behold him the God who stooped down to wash the disciples feet the God who came to earth among us disrobed himself of glory to live among us as a slave as a servant a God who stooped low took off his outer garment, robed himself with a towel, and washed his disciples' feet. One day we shall see him as the first and the, the, the first of, uh, of many fruits. God tells us that he is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. The towel teaches us the love language of God is one of action. The Tao teaches us that we ought to lead from a lowly place. 
And the Bible tells us, and God teaches us through the towel, there is life after last. There is more to come. This is the Last Supper. But in the eschaton, in the kingdom of God, all of us will be surrounded and we will surround the throne of God singing holy, holy, holy to the lamb that was slain. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. 